Hey everybody, welcome to the Side Quest Podcast, episode 2, take 2, because we already tried this and it didn't work out so well. I'm BJ. I'm Luke. Um, and today we're mostly going to be talking about next gen, what we're excited for, um, what we think about the early lead up to the reveals, um, and just generally what we know and what we think of it so far. Uh, but before we get into that, what have you been playing recently? Um, as I said on our take one, uh, Game Pass. Uh, game Pass has been that big thing for me recently just because... That's my favorite game. Oh, yeah. Absolute favorite game. No, um, <clears throat> having like the closest thing to Netflix for video games, though, yeah. is real, real good if you're like, I don't know what to play. I have nothing to do. All right, let's see what Game Pass has. And it's like, you can have big, sprawling games like there's Doom Eternals on there, which that's another thing I played, The Ancient Gods. It's pretty good. Mm. Um but then you can go, it's like, I want to play an indie game. Like Carrion or uh, Katana Zero hit Game Pass. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really good. Um, and then I played Outer Worlds a bit more. And uh, I've downloaded it. I haven't actually played it, but Brutal Legends. Dude, that is the second game that I ever 100%ed. Like all the way, all collectibles, everything. Everything. It was a grueling task, but I loved it. Uh, personally... I've been playing a lot of Shantae and the Seven Sirens. It's amazing. They added some little, like, hand-drawn cutscenes, which I think it's the first time they've done that, like, throughout the game instead of just at the beginning. So, like, actual, like, animated, like, full... Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, They do it mostly for, like, boss intros and big story moments, but it works really well with the tone of the game. Um, That and Genshin Impact, which somehow... I'm sure the internet has already come up with this before I've said it, um, is a free game that looks ten times better than Pokemon Sword and Shield. That's the sad truth. Like, I dabbled in the, you know, the first DLC, and I'm just not interested in the next one. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I have it, but I don't want to play it. Like, it's just like, man, I'm real sad Pokemon's where it is. I'm really excited for all the spinoffs, and Pokemon Snap is going to be fantastic, but, like, main series is gone to hell. There's the rumored Diamond and Pearl remake. If that's bad, I think my my faith in Pokemon's gone. I think everyone's faith in Pokemon is gone. They're going to have to change it up if they screw that one up. I just let Monolith do it. Oh, my God, dude. Don't make me think about that. Back to our full-on topic. Uh, when when did they actually start revealing them? When when do they usually do the Game Awards? I don't remember. Game Awards is usually December. I think that was and I guess to to I guess have context. So we're gonna be talking about next gen, so like Xbox Series X and Series S, the PS5. We might dabble in the PC stuff, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But uh. Next gen is less than a month away. Uh, Xbox Series X is November tenth, and PS Five is November twelfth. And I want to say like they the rumblings were there, like for a while we're like, hey, there's a next one coming. Hey, new generation, like all the rumors. And I want to say we got names for them before, which the obvious was PS Five, but right Series X I think happened. I want to say it was the year, like sometime in the year before the Game Awards, but we actually got a full-on look at it at the Game Awards last year, mm-hmm. 
and then I I think the the PS5's Dual Sense was next. Yeah, then, I, th- I think I remember that happening because um, there were images of the full console of the Xbox X just next to the Dual Sense, and everybody was like, "Is this it?" But <clears throat> personally, I think Xbox has done a better job at showing off their stuff this time around than PlayStation has. And I think that might be because PlayStation has gone back to that thing where they think they have a chip on their shoulders and people will just buy whatever they put out because it has the PlayStation name on it. Um, Whereas the thing is though, they've kind of proven that. I mean, this past generation, we got last of us part two, horizon zero dawn, bloodborne's a thing. God of War, Infamous Second Son, Ghost of Tsushima. Like that's actually a, that's a decent amount of games for like a single console. Where it's like and all of them got like rated like 10 out of 10. I definitely agree, but I think it's a dangerous precedent to set just because if they ever decide to drop the quality, like people are still going to keep buying them because they expect them to be as good as those games that they played. But um the way that they circulated information for these consoles was so weird, mostly because of pandemic stuff, I guess, but like I've never seen besides like switch, um, a console get revealed so late and then release like so soon after the reveal. Um, and I don't know how that's going to affect sales. If you go on the uh, sales numbers that they're expected, I think Sony wants to sell like, what was it, 3 million or 30 million? Or it was like a big number where it's like, really? One, we're in a pandemic, so there's that affects people's jobs. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I don't know, like, Nintendo Switch is still killing it. I mean, even without like any big games right now. Plus, Microsoft is now boasting that, hey, we have Bethesda games. Yeah. We're going to buy another studio. Plus, Game Pass is here. And, yeah, I might be a bit biased because I like it, but it's a great deal. I mean, it really is. I don't generally ever turn on my Xbox for a new game. Um, If it's a multi-platform game on day one, then I'm most likely going to get it on PlayStation. Um, But... For everything that comes out that I haven't played, like, on launch, I'll get it for Xbox. Because most of the time, it's either going to be on Game Pass, or they're going to have it deeply discounted on their store, which their sales are insane. I have no idea how much, like, effort they have to put into that, but they're very focused on the games, I think. I think the biggest thing is you got to realize that Microsoft... Like, it's, it's not Xbox, it's Microsoft. Yeah. Because, like, Sony, it's not like, the only Sony thing PlayStation, they're doing. it's like, that's their biggest brand. Mm-hmm. Microsoft's Xbox is not their biggest brand. But they're willing to throw money at it to make it work. Like, the, like I mean, again, Bethesda was bought for $7.5 which is more than what Star Wars was bought for. And it's like, oh, that's a lot of money. And you realize, like, oh, yeah, because Microsoft is a titan. It's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, you know, we make games here and there. We do this. No, it's like we have most all PCs. Our operating system is on everything. You probably use Microsoft Word for all of your typing. Like, anything. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, I mean, really, when you think about it, 
a lot of our life in North America is built around the operating system that Microsoft created. So when you have that in your pocket and you're just, you know, doing gaming to supplement that, like you can pretty much do anything you want. Another thing is they also, Microsoft was also in the bidding for TikTok, which I want to say was 40 billion. Oh my God. And so 7 billion of that was just nothing. Like again, they bought Bethesda in cash. They didn't do any loans, didn't do anything. That was just straight pocket change. And uh, no, but I'm I am excited for next gen mainly because you know we got Switch and there's apparently the the upgraded one, and rumored. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Xbox Series consoles with Series X and S, boasting like, hey, these are the most like the X is the most powerful console, and then the S is you know for 500 bucks for the X, the Series S is gonna be. $300, so cheaper, but you still are not going to, we're not going to, you know, take away everything. You're still going to get 4K, you're still going to get, you know, HDR, um, all the good stuff, ray tracing, whatever else they put on that. And then you got, and they're, they're boasting, like, their services. So mm-hmm. Game Pass is their biggest thing. So they're boasting that, hey, you don't have to buy an Xbox if you're a PC gamer, we got you too. Whereas PlayStation's doing the traditional PS5 is PS5. It's going to have its games. We're going to make sure of that. And uh, which there, and again, when you realistically, when you look at the two boxes side by side, performance-wise, they're gonna be really the same. You're not gonna get a lot of uh, you know differences. Like, yeah, Xbox is the better box. Like, if you look at this just specs, but Sony's already out the gate swinging with Miles Morales and Demon Souls, mm-hmm. plus confirmation of Horizon Forbidden West, a God of War sequel, and like other stuff coming out like we final fantasy 16 is gonna be console exclusive to playstation you got death loop and ghostwire tokyo coincidentally now microsoft owned products but yeah no the it's gonna be a lot like i have a a list of the my mouse wants to work a uh, list of like the launch games mm-hmm. and uh like right now it's like if you if you were to buy a uh a game or a console this this holiday, you'd probably have. I want to say, let's see here. If you were to buy a PlayStation uh, or any of them, these games are gonna be on both. So you got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the Destiny 2 expansion, Fortnite obviously, uh, NBA 2K21, Watch Dogs Legion, Borderlands 3, <clears throat> Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, which is the best one, uh, Just Dance 2021. Some game called Observer. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Dirt 5. Man Eater. Uh, Planet Coaster. Mortal Kombat 11. Ultimate. For Honor. Cyberpunk 2077. And Warhammer. And that's that's for all the third party, like, you know, on both consoles. Right. For PlayStation 5, you have Astro's Playground. Demon Souls. Destruction All-Stars. Uh, Spider-Man remastered spider-man miles morales and sackboy big adventure for xbox series x you have forza horizon 4 gears 5 gears tactics grounded and or in the will of the wisp coincidentally all games that came out this past year um and then the third party uh, exclusives to those for playstation you have bug snacks godfall and the pathless for xbox series x you have Bright Memory 1.0. 
Uh, great Kingdom Hearts naming convention. <laughs> uh, Cuisine Royale, Dead by Daylight, Enlisted, Evergate, King Oddball, uh, Manifold Garden, Tetris Effect Connected, The Tourist, The Falconeer, War Thunder, Yakuza Like a Dragon, and Yes, Your Grace. So, not gonna lie, weak lineup for both of these. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Besides the third party stuff, which is coming to both. Well, yeah, like you got Cyberpunk, which is the most hyped RPG, Devil May Cry Five, which is the greatest game that's ever been existed, coming to the <laughs> next gen. Uh, no bias there, and like yeah, Valhalla, you got the upgrades for like Mortal Kombat, Borderlands. But then Sony at least is going, hey, we got Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and yeah. Demon Souls. Yeah, the I think Demon Souls is going to be the big one there, um, because I know they've said that Miles Morales isn't going to be as big of a game. Um, I mean, it's going to sell like crazy because one, it's Miles Morales as the character is yeah. really good. Plus, you have Spider-Man PS4 being like one of the best games that released, I think, in 2018. Yeah, I think people are definitely going to be surprised at how much the Miles Morales Ultimate Edition or whatever sells, um, just because it comes with all of the content from the original, which is and new ones. Like they added, they're adding in. Uh, oh, I forgot about yeah, that. They, they're adding in new suits, I think. And I, I want to say I read new missions, like side missions, but I don't think that's confirmed. I know new suits, like the Amazing Spider-Man One suit is being in there. That's. Honestly, that's why I play Spider-Man games, is just to dress up as other Spider-Men. <laughs> but, um, like, most of the big stuff for both of these doesn't come out until, like, early next year. I was going to say, like, for, like, Halo got pushed back, which would have been the big kicker for Microsoft. But they, they said, hey, this needs more time. We're going to push it back. We're going to make sure it's polished. Which, I'm going to be real with you. Don't know how that's going to work. Because uh, I don't necessarily trust 343. Like, yeah, Halo Four was okay. Halo Five, not so much. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Inf and here's the thing: I didn't necessarily think Infinite looked terrible, but it definitely didn't look next gen. It didn't look like, oh, I'm buying a five hundred dollar machine, so this game looks good. It did not look that good comparatively. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. They're, I think Xbox is playing a longer game, whereas Sony's like out the gate swinging. Microsoft's gonna hold all the stuff kind of to their chest until it's ready. Cause yeah, we still have uh, like I said, Halo Infinite, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice or Saga, the sequel to Hellblade. Um, and then yeah, whatever Bethesda's cooking up. You have Avowed, Fable, um, and a couple other uh, Microsoft stuff that was showed off. Man, I I'm so hyped for Fable. I put thousands of hours into Fable Two when I was a kid. I think that's probably going to be what I buy my Xbox for. Um, but after that, the fact that I'll have the Xbox is going to make me buy so much more on there. Well, ju like just it, like it, it's, we're going to bring this up a lot, but Game Pass. Yeah. Like being what it is, is going to be, I think, the best thing, especially now that's like, hey, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to have both a PS5 and an Xbox Series X at some point. Um, I could spend $70 for Elder Scrolls 6 on PS5 or just download it with Game Pass on Xbox. Like, that's kind of my thing. It's like any game that I like PlayStation, my PS5 is most likely going to be for games that I want to probably use like the haptic triggers and like the or the adaptive, whatever the 
dual sense controller functions are. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, it's like, I'll just not spend the money on PlayStation and just go, hey, it's on Game Pass. Yeah. And just get games there. I think uh, that's a big sentiment with people like us that generally do own every console per generation. Um, it just really feels to me like they have their own identities again. Like, this last generation to me just kind of felt like, okay, it's a machine. It has pretty much the same games, except for all the Sony exclusives. I was going to say, even, like, for the Wii U, the Wii U didn't necessarily feel like... It like, didn't uh, it, feel Nintendo to me. It just kind of felt like we're making another gaming system. Like, yeah, it had the game pad, but, like, how many games really utilize that? Exactly. Compared to, like, oh, you can just use the Pro Controller. Mm-hmm it's like okay cool the game pad's now useless and is just there to like turn it on or if your friend or brother or whatever is watching tv you could just use it so like it kind of felt like yeah they were just kind of going towards the what everybody else is doing then switch came out yeah killed it i so i don't think i've talked about this yet on the podcast but i own over 200 physical switch games in my own personal collection I'm a huge simp for the system, Um, and it's mostly just because of the concept. Like, I don't care if when Genshin Impact comes out, if it doesn't look as good on PS4, I'm mainly going to be playing it on Switch just for the convenience factor. Um, And I think that's struck a chord with a lot more people than, you know, traditional console fans were expecting. With games like Animal Crossing, granted you had the whole nothing was going on pandemic stuff, but having that come out and outsell like Breath of the Wild and things like that in its first like couple of months was insane. I mean, it it became like the best Switch title. Like I think I want to say it, it, I it, and I could be wrong. I because the last time I checked, I want to say it was like Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing, which I'm pretty sure has moved on. I think it, it has was, yeah, surpassed it, it. When I last I checked, which is closer to Animal Crossing's release than now, it was Mario Kart 8, Animal Crossing, and I want to say Pokemon or Smash being relatively close, because despite, you know, being a bad game, Pokemon sells on name alone, but... Which is unfortunate. That just means they never have to change, but it's insane to me that Animal Crossing came out this year and did that well, that nothing has beaten it. Animal Crossing hasn't really been that big of a series even before... I think it's just because of how popular the Switch is. Because, like, yeah, Animal Crossing was on GameCube. It had a Wii title. It was on the DS. So that may have helped. But, like... Well, yeah, I think New Leaf happened. I forgot about New Leaf on the 3DS, and I want to say that was popular. It had a huge community online. Um, I... My biggest thing is I never heard anyone talking about Animal Crossing. Um, so when that came out and it did as well as it did, I was happy for it, but I was super shocked. And I'm wondering if there's any series on either of the new consoles that's going to surprise us that much. I doubt it, because, like, Animal Crossing had, like, that runaway success that, like, Fortnite had. Where it came out, and then all of a sudden, everybody's talking about it, and it became the big thing. Like, even to the point where it was, like, and I don't want to talk, like, politics on this, but, like, Joe Biden's campaign made an Animal Crossing item, or island, and I'm like, that's... I saw that. <laughs> like, we're at the point now where video games are so big that even politicians realize, oh, that's a place we can go to. Like, celebrities are playing games. Like, look at, um, 
Like, look at the NBA 2K games. Those are popular, and I want to say solely because the actual basketball players, like the NBA players, play that on their days off. Yeah. I mean, Drake played Fortnite a couple years ago. Yeah, he uh, he spent an astronomical amount of money on Fortnite. But um, I just want to use this opportunity to say, Pokemon, go to the polls. That was definitely the worst thing I've ever heard any politician say. Like, there, there's a point where pandering to, like, the younger people is... Like, the way they're doing it now, I think, works. It's like, oh, you have AOC playing Among Us on Twitch. Cool. Hey, Biden's campaign team made an Animal Crossing island. Cool. When you, in your speech, say, hey, let's get those young people to Pokemon go to the polls. Yeah, nah. Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? No, it, it was... That's not how you do it. You don't just say stuff and that be it and like wordplay. You gotta actually go get in the trenches, get down into it. Mm-hmm. This is with anybody, politicians, businesses, whatever. Like it's why people love the Wendy's uh, Twitter or Sonic's Twitter. Like these, these, like any social media account that's willing to like riff with its fans mm-hmm. works. Yeah, that's that's the way that marketing has evolved for the most part. I think uh, companies are starting to realize that if you can put a personality to a company, people are going to remember that a lot more than seeing a sign that says, buy Whopper today. Um, Wendy's doesn't sell the Whopper, but you understand. Yeah. Uh, the, the Baconator, Doc. <laughs> so with, with the whole marketing thing and with the last couple consoles selling as well as they did gaming is bigger than it's ever been and it makes me worried that smaller niche titles aren't going to be as prevalent in this new generation but then again you see things like a spiritual successor like sweep it in kickstarted every other day so it's either going to be a huge renaissance or sort of a stagnation i think i i've said this before to like other people but i'll say this here i want b tier games to make a big comeback because like i remember getting a game system and being like you got it for a game right mm-hmm. it was the grand theft autos the mario kart smash brothers any of those big titles right mm-hmm. like and but then you had other games as alongside that uh fun fact assassin's creed is now a triple a monster of a series but at the time when it first kind of came out those were the b-tier games you bought alongside the other thing right like they weren't the system sellers like now i don't necessarily think they still are but like they're treated they're being treated as such yeah like valhalla looks like it has money being thrown at it and that's good but at the same time yeah i kind of miss the not everything has to be triple a like millions of dollars things like that um, shout out THQ Nordic because I feel like they're single-handedly trying to rip those B-tier games out of the grave. Like um, SpongeBob, uh, was it Battle for Bikini Bottom? Yeah. yeah, Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. The Darksiders games in general. Uh, I think they own the rights to Saints Row. They do, and I think there's another one coming out soon-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like they're they're the ones pretty much going, hey, these games that normally wouldn't get much we're gonna make sure they get like and they get marketing yeah it's they not do. it's not like oh here's the game here's it is no you'll see like they'll pay twitch streamers they'll they'll put it out and like 
they get sales. It's not nearly as much as like Call of Duty or Assassin's Creed or FIFA or whatever. But they get sales. That's why I love them as a company. They're not focused on selling the most. They're just focused on making a good product that people will have positive feelings towards, I feel like. Um, like re revitalizing games like SpongeBob, like nobody ever thought that would happen because it was such a niche like tie-in game. And then they bring it back to life with like four different editions. And the standard game is only like 30 bucks, if I remember correctly. But um, the fact that they're willing to put love into those small games that people remember from their childhoods is monumentous for gaming as a total, I think. I just wish more companies would do that because like I, I still want... Um sony to do that because they have mm -hmm. ips they haven't touched sly cooper jack and daxter like games that were those b-tier titles that you you would buy because you had the system not oh i'm buying like no one bought a ps2 for jack and daxter yeah and if you did i'm sorry but <laughs> like you bought a ps2 because grand theft auto was on there you bought a ps2 because like what big title that everybody was talking about same with, like, 360s. Like, you bought a 360 for Halo 3. Yeah. Like, that was the game you bought it for. Like, now, for Xbox, like, you bought an Xbox for Gears. You might buy it for Forza. And then for Halo. But, like, Gears was that B-tier game of, you bought it for Halo 3. Well, Gears of War's out. I want to check that one out. It's insane, like, how we're, we're, we've moved away from that. Like, every game feels like it has to be big open-world RPG aesthetic. I hate that. Like, yeah, like I like those games, but it's like when every game becomes that, exactly, it's starting to get boring. Like that's why I love Shantae so much is because it's a short, it's not super short, but it's, it knows when it should end. It knows when it's reached its natural conclusion and when it's gonna, you know, stop doing original things so it can end so they can, you know, work on the next game that they're doing. Um, and I'm much more inclined whenever I have the time. I have a nine to five job now. So on the weekend, I'm more likely to pick up a Shantae or a Shovel Knight than I am something like a Bethesda game these days, just because it's so intimidating thinking about that time sink. Yeah, I think that's gonna be the big thing. I think Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed, they're gonna sell well, but like, yeah, for like, like right now, obviously there's a lot of people who don't have jobs just because of the you know, pandemic, but like, mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you and me both work jobs, so, like, as much as we're going to try and play through Cyberpunk and, like, I'm going to do Assassin's Creed, like, probably not going to actually get through much of it unless I ask off for work. Yeah. It's just going to feel weird. Hey, uh, boss, I need to, need to get some time off. Oh, yeah, sure. What was it? A family vacation? You know, whatever. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> Going to vacation in Night City <laughs> with my good buddy Keanu Reeves. Well, the Keanu Reeves aspect is kind of an outlier because people are going to want to put that money and time in for him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I went to go see Bill and Ted face the music just because Keanu Reeves is in it. So. Yeah, I mean, he has that name recognition now. I hope that he enjoyed his role in that game enough to want to keep doing video games because from what we've seen of it, he plays it absolutely great. Well, like, I, I saw this today because they, they put out the... Uh, the trailer for the Gears of War 5 like Xbox Series X update mm -hmm. yeah you can play as the the whole campaign where Marcus Phoenix is played by Batista 
What? Yeah, apparently he was in the multiplayer before. At least from what I could gather, he was in the multiplayer mode before. But now, in cutscenes, it's Batista instead of Marcus Phoenix. And he, he does Marcus <laughs> Phoenix. And I'm like, yo, let's do... I want more of that. Like, let's get some big celebrities to do stuff. Like, and I think we're seeing that. Like, a lot of actors are now going, hey, video games aren't, you know, just throw away whatever. Because, you know, was it... Uh, I, what is his name? Uh, Death Stranding. Yeah, you got Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, like big names in their own right, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna play in a video game." You got Batista and Gears, Keanu and Cyberpunk, and even before him, Bethesda's been able to get some good talent. I mean, <clears throat> Fallout Three had Liam Neeson as your dad. Yeah. In uh, Oblivion, it was Patrick Stewart as the Emperor. In Fallout New Vegas, I didn't know this, but Matthew Perry from Friends. Uh huh. Yeah, Chandler. Yeah, he's Benny. What? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know ben, that. Benny is Matthew Perry. And like I saw an I saw an interview where he's going, yeah, like I it's kind of like the world. And he was you know talking about the worlds of uh, Fallout and like how he likes it. And I was like, I feel like I don't believe you that you play these games, but <laughs> that's still cool that you come in and like, oh yeah, that's him. I didn't know, and I guess good on him because I, I wasn't able to tell. I I just I love that that's becoming the norm that people are seeing it as a legitimate. Um, like art form I guess to want a star and something like that I'm just waiting on Henry Cavill the game dude <laughs> Superman game Henry Cavill but I actually have people write it well I think at least they should get him to do a voice in one of the Warhammer games because I know he loves that who knows we got a, another like weird zombie Warhammer game coming out next gen so yeah I feel like Warhammer games just come out every six months now. I like there's actually more than I thought. Like I I, I remember because I was like, oh yeah, Vermintide, mm-hmm. and then I go to like a GameStop whatever and I see, oh 40k, uh, Inquisition, th- big mech thing, or oh here's Chaos Bane, oh here's this, oh Vermintide got a sequel, and it's like Warhawk or whatever it was, and I was like, there's so many of these like. Like for like Warhammer 40k or Warhammer like it's it's insane. It is interesting to me that they can keep churning them out at that rate, but as we've seen with that and Fire Emblem and um, things like Wargroove and stuff like that, I feel like strategy is about to make an even bigger comeback than it already is. Gears Tactics is one of the big ones about to launch for Xbox. Didn't they do another? Halo Wars? Yeah, Halo Wars 2. I need to play those. But, like, I love that that's becoming a big genre again. Because for the longest time, it was just like, you gotta buy a 3DS and play Fire Emblem. And or, then, I think XCOM was like the one, like, where it was everywhere. But then, yeah, everything else was just, no one else wanted to touch it. It was whatever. Yeah, Fire Emblem had it. And there was like, ripoffs of those games that were like on the store but they never made headlines no one talked about them yeah but yeah now you got hey halo wars 2 came out and people were like hey and mainly because no, there was no nothing else coming out for the xbox one mm-hmm. but hey here's halo wars 2 oh hey we're doing a gears tactics now hey fireman three houses is like one of the top selling switch games like they're coming back and i'm mario and rabbits it was a thing that one is interesting to me just because they put it it's an ubisoft game so it goes on sale all the time but the amount of kids that I've seen that have actually bought that game and liked it is staggering. 
I mean, it's kind of like what I view Pokemon as, where it's like, if you've never played a turn-based RPG, you play Pokemon. Yeah. yeah you, it'll teach you the way this is supposed to work. And then, what, then you can go to things like Final Fantasy or Persona or the millions of other turn-based games, and then you'd be like, okay, cool. I know how to play these now. Yeah, I think that's going to be something that we see a little bit more often with Nintendo. Um, just making like a gateway game to a genre. Um, something like Pikmin, Pokemon. You, you could argue even Smash Bros. being like a more easy-to-pick-up fighter. Yeah, I... Could get you to go to things like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, or that weird arc or any of the arc system games where they not the names are huge yeah i i definitely agree with that um it's the industry is in a place right now where it's like everything kind of affects everything else at least in my eyes um i don't know i just feel like everybody takes inspiration from other companies now and it's making everything better it's also like like I'm the one who actually loves competition. Like I, in a perfect world, yeah, every game's on every system, and, and they all are still groundbreaking and great games, and everybody can experience them. But like we've seen, like Sony being very cutthroat on trying to get exclusives, and like full on going like, no, this game is going to be PlayStation exclusive, and mm-hmm. then PC maybe later, but PlayStation. Like Final Fantasy 16, Deathloop, Ghostwire Tokyo are three games where Sony went out of their way to purchase the rights away from other people yeah i think it definitely pushes progress and we get a ton of great games that way um ghostwire i'm really interested to play have they said anything about when that one's releasing yet uh i think both ghostwire and deathloop are i want to say deathloop i think is next year kind of like beginning it's like probably march april Mm-hmm. I want to say Ghostwire is after that because Bethesda likes to give each of the games time to breathe. Yeah. So like you know, Dishonored came out, nothing else was around that. Doom came out, nothing else around that one. Doom Eternal was a thing this year. And besides, you know, updates to Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout seventy six, you know, not much else really for that. So yeah, I, th- I think uh, my best guess again, I'd have to look it up. Uh, Deathloop, I think they said was Q one. Mm-hmm. of next year and then I want to say Ghostwire is kind of towards the tail end I will pay whatever amount of money they want for the Ghostwire special edition yeah I'm, I'm excited for that one plus uh, was it Nakamura the the girl presenting it Um, I know the first name is Ikumi yeah she was cool I she's not working for them anymore which sucks I know but she uh, just she went on a Twitter like journey basically where she went around to like a bunch of American studios um, and just toured them. And uh, she actually recently just had a baby, which I didn't know. Oh yeah. I forgot. There's, there's been a couple like Japanese, like people that I follow where all of a sudden, boom, baby. And I was like, you were pregnant. (laughs) Like no pictures (laughs) were taken of the pregnancy, but it's like, boom child. And I was like, where did you get this? That's how it was with her. I didn't see her tweet for like, basically the whole pregnancy i guess and then one day she was like i had a baby and i was like okay another thing i'm excited for and i think you could will be because of our love for comic books mm-hmm. next year we have gotham knights and the suicide squad kill the justice league games the suicide squad one interests me more than anything i just want to know if it's good I, like especially after Aven- avengers kind of biting the dust 
Yeah, Avengers shit the bed really hard. Oh, did you see uh, the player base for Avengers is less than Fallout 76? Wow. Yeah, Fallout 76, for whatever reason, has been able to chug along, kicking and screaming. <laughs> and it's. I think I checked this morning. It's like Avengers was like less than 5,000, whereas Fallout 76 has like 35,000 concurrent players, or at least, or at least according to today. So, and again, the, I Googled that, so how true that actually is, but, like, I believe it, considering that if Fallout 76 wasn't making money, they wouldn't be putting new content into it. Yeah, I just saw an ad today for the new uh, Brotherhood of Steel update. Yeah, so, like, if, like, that's, I saw the comments were going, like, oh, like, why are you even trying at this point? This game's dead, and I'm like, obviously not. It's, yeah, they keep adding to it and making it better, which, granted, I didn't like the concept of the game originally, um, but with everything they've added to it, I've actually considered picking it up a couple of times. I mean, dude, Game Pass. That's true, and I have yeah, that. It actually is on Game Pass, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, on, so I guess on both of those, so Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is interesting because it's going to be that four-player co-op mission-based mm -hmm. game, at least for what we've, we've gathered, that's in the Arkham universe, which is already weird because, one, Deadshot, in the Arkham series is not black, but then now in Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, he is. Yeah, he got the uh, the Uncle Ruckus disorder. I think I I think what they're gonna do is just go, hey, just don't pay attention to that. Forget about it. Yeah, like it's, it's just gonna be like, oh no, yeah, it's just it's Floyd Lawton. It's like, but wasn't he? No, no, it's just Floyd Lawton. It's Floyd Lawton. You're good. But uh. I'm excited to see because it's a four-player co-op and they showed four characters. I wonder if that's all we're getting or are they going to put in like the other obscure like Suicide Squad? Like are we going to get like people from the movie like Polka Dot Man or like uh, what uh, Pete Davidson's character Black uh, Guard Black Guard or yeah even uh, Idris Elba's character too but, like more obscure people. Yeah I think if if it does end up being actually good, I think it has a good chance of being like the new Left for Dead in a way. Um, but I could definitely see them adding more characters in the future. That would make bank. I mean, I it's kind of my my hope for Gotham Knights. I want uh we got you know Nightwing, Red Hood, Robin, Batgirl. What about Azrael? That's exactly what I was thinking when you started <laughs> talking. <laughs> what, what about Cassandra Cain's Batgirl? What about we get Signal, you know, Duke Thomas, Lucius Fox, or Luke Fox, sorry. Like, there's other Bat family members you can grab. Batwoman. I mean, if, if you're going to go with uh, Batman's dead mentality and make, keep it that way, mm -hmm. might as well add more characters. I'm, if they start adding costumes to that game, I'm probably going to have to commit credit card fraud again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's the Arkham, it's the Arkham City stuff all over again. <laughs> hey man, I know we haven't talked in a while. How you doing? Steal his wallet. I I know they've they I know you can upgrade him because they've shown two Batgirl skins, one with like a full a full like cowl and one with just a mask. Mm. And I I will say I want Red Hood skins, hard like. Give me like the traditional biker jacket skin, Red Hood and the Outlaws, the Red Hood Arsenal one. Like I want full. I want an skins. Arkham Knight skin. Oh, that'd be so sick. Like, I, it was, Arkham Knight was an interesting game because it was the most obvious reveal. You're like, it's Jason. Jason, <laughs> it's Jason Todd. And then it happens and he brings the helmet down and it turns all red and you're like, ooh. 
those games really knew how to set up like a spectacle for the person playing. Oh yeah, like they they. I'm not gonna say that the thing, but they really made you like feel like the comics were alive. <laughs> you thought I was. You thought I was looking. No. Welcome. Uh, can't use this because of copyright. Review of every Batman. <laughs> really makes you feel like Batman. <laughs> Stay tuned for our Spider-Man review. Wonder what does it make you feel like? Find out next week. <clears throat> but uh, no, those games I'm excited. I'm I'm excited for just superhero games like Spider-Man, PS4, and the Arkham series. Really made me go, okay. But like, what if? And hear me out. A Wonder Woman game, kind of based on the God of War style. That would be we incredible. Get, like a Superman game that's like more of a. I want to say, like, on the rails, like, flight, not flight simulator, but, like, more, like, speeding type stuff. Like, it's not, like, a, a traditional, like, oh, punch, dodge, kick game. Like, it's more, like, you get Superman's powers and you have to fight things that are, you know, more than he is. Mm-hmm. Or getting, like, a Flash game where it's, like, it is more of, like, a time trial type racing type stuff. But you then get the standard levels of punching bad guys. But then it's, like, oh, I have to fight Zoom or Reverse Flash. So it's, like, a race while fighting him. I've always loved the idea of a Flash game, not like a Flash <coughs> Adobe game, but like, you know, um, I've always thought after they finished Arkham, that would be where they would go next, just because I feel like besides Batman, he has the most well-defined like gimmick that you could put into gameplay. Um, I would say Wonder Woman. Also, like, just in general, like, Amazon's just, all right, swords, shields, spears. Like, it's just Greek, like, fighting styles, and, like, I think that'd be cool. Dude, if they had a rated M Wonder Woman game, that would be amazing. Final fights versus Ares. That would be so sick. I'd want to, because there's, there's some really good Wonder Woman stories that I feel like the general public doesn't know about. Yeah. Because, like, as much as Wonder Woman is, like, one of the most popular female superheroes, we've only, like, publicly, we've only recently liked her because the movies are good. Mm-hmm. And then when you put them up compared to Zack Snyder's mess, yeah, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman's the best thing he's ever done. Yeah. The it's... character, not the movie. The movie is from Patty Jenkins. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Wonder Woman is in a really weird spot. Like, I feel like most of the stories that everyone knows and loves of her are ensemble casts like Justice League or um, Injustice, things like that. I hate the Injustice Woman, Wonder Woman so much. Yeah, she's, she's the worst. She's absolutely the worst, but she's very memorable. Sadly. Yeah. Um, no, I know like, this would never happen, but an in- Injustice prequel game where you follow the storyline of the comics, but it's not strictly a fighter, I think would be gangbusters. I could see like a Ultimate Alliance style beat 'em up. That would that, be where really it's like cool. it's just it's like yeah, it's a Justice League game, but you could kind of play as them all. The problem is that we've gotten games like Spider Man and like Batman that like again, and I hate the saying, but it really actually does make you feel like the characters. You don't feel like you're just playing some random button mashing game. It's like no, you got to be precise. You got to do this. The web swinging in Spider Man. Like, the way the controller rumbles when you, like, pick up speed and fling off in the Batman, like, the detective mode and everything there. Like, they really make this feel real. Whereas, as much as I love it, Ultimate Alliance is just, uh, press this button again and again and again. And then even Avengers. Avengers is just, everybody kind of plays the same. Yeah. Like, 
Iron Man is a brawler, not a, you would assume, shoot him from afar. He's a, no, let me punch this guy and then hit him with a ray beam. I, I haven't played that game and I won't off of principle, but that's a really weird thing for them to do to Iron Man. I bought it, sadly, and then I, I played it up until the gameplay structure went from linear story, like I thought the story mode would be, to, hey, here's a sneak peek of what the multiplayer is. Bunch of crappy missions. Mm. It was not fun. It's just so weird to me that superhero games have gone. Like Spider-Man, Amazing, Ultimate Alliance, kind of wishy-washy. I mean, it's a fantastic game, but there's nothing super special about it to like batman super amazing and then you know it's it's just a weird thing that they license out to different studios i mean i, I want to say dc's kind of been the the kings of it because yeah like ultimate alliance was the one marvel game i think anybody really played and then you get uh the arkham series you got injustice dc universe online <clears throat> and like I think Spider like the PS4 Spider-Man game, really the first like Marvel game that like had merit to it. Like it felt like a game that was that actually had a budget and talent behind it. It was the first Marvel game to really make you feel like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Way to confuse every other non-superhero fan. <laughs> the amount of times I've been asked, "Hey, Batman's in the Avengers, right?" <laughs> yes, along uh, yeah. with Shrek and Lightning McQueen. <laughs> sense of right league <laughs> I love bootleg toys if we can make a video about us just reviewing bootleg toys like that we need to do it oh absolutely that that stuff isn't interesting but yeah I'm just really not that excited for next gen at this point like there are games that I'm excited for but I'm not like super hyped up on buying a PS5 yeah I think the only reason I, I pre-ordered one was at this point demon souls but then oh hey devil may cry 5 special edition mm -hmm. so like i'm getting one because at this point like i'm a gamer so I'm i was gonna get it anyway yeah but the xbox is the one i'm, I'm like i don't have to get because yeah all those games are gonna be playable except the medium which is the one game but like all the games are playable on my xbox one mm -hmm. like i could just all right here we go like halo infinite yakuza 7 will still be there cyberpunk assassin's creed and all of them have like the smart delivery so when i upgrade it's like i get the series x versions i think that's something that we're moving towards where it's more focused on games no matter what console you're playing on um and i guess that's kind of the pc mindset that has been there for years but like hardware doesn't need to do anything incredible for us to want to buy it um like i don't know anything about the new ps5 controller as long as it'll let me play a game like i'll own one and probably buy a couple of them if they're multiplayer games but the fact that we're focused on software instead of hardware i mean some people definitely are mm. um but it feels like developers are focusing more on the software selling the systems and i think that is a great direction to go in well yeah because if you like yeah you can make the system as good as you want but if you don't like the xbox one is a good example of this as much as like like realistically when you take apart the xbox one what they had was like yeah if you were someone who 
watched sports and Netflix and wanted a cable box that also did all that, yeah, it was convenient. But, like, yeah, nobody cared because it's like, what games do you have for me? Yeah. Nothing? All right, cool. PlayStation 4 comes out, and then they start off like, okay, Killzone. Oh, we're going to have Infamous. And then over the years, you see, hey, we're going to make an Uncharted 4. So here's the trilogy. Hey, we're going to make a Last of Us Part 2. So here's the remastered. Hey, we're going to, here, here's uh, Bloodborne. You know, after the Dark Souls craze got huge. Mm-hmm. Hey, here, we're going to do um, this new game from Gorilla. So after Killzone, they made an open world, uh, you know, bow hunting game, pretty much. Like with Aloy fighting giant robot dinosaurs. Which I felt bad for that game because it came out at the time where it's like, oh yeah, sweet. But then Breath of the Wild showed up like right around the corner. I actually have a very interesting story to do with Horizon. Um, I still haven't finished that game. Seriously? Because of Breath of the Wild. Man. Twice. I I was really excited when they first showed it off. Um, showing like the tracking machines, taking them down and everything. I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest concept ever. And then when it was slated to release, I was working a two-day-a-week job and trying to pay for a Switch to play Breath of the Wild on. So I never played Horizon until this year. Um, I think it was like March they made it free on PS Plus. Um, oh yeah, it was like what, the monthly game? Yeah. Um, but I installed it because I didn't have anything new to play. Um, it was pandemic time at GameStop, so I wasn't a manager, so I wasn't getting any hours. And I just wanted something to bide my time with. And starting that game into the like at the end of the prologue I was like I'm in love with this and I feel really bad about it because I had three years to play it before that and I just never did and it was the best thing that I ever touched for me it was I chose Breath of the Wild over it which a lot of people I'm assuming did Yeah. but then when I went to go back to play it again I started playing it again it's like oh this game's great oh hey the Breath of the Wild DLC came out so I, I dropped Horizon again, again for Breath of the Wild. And I felt so bad because it's like, this game is obviously great. I still need to finish it. And who knows? I might just do it for on the channel. But it, yeah, Breath of the like, that is, I think, a problem with uh, games that like these new games that come out, you're like, oh, okay, I, this, this looks like an interesting title. But then you see a game you know you're going to like right around the corner or that has you have more faith in yeah like case in point i would say is like cyberpunk versus assassin's creed cyberpunk is from the guys who made witcher 3 yeah which is considered one of the best games of all time and assassin's creed is very hit or miss depending on who you are and assassin's creed is made by the guys that made assassin's creed yeah (laughs) apparently it's like call of duty where they have like two separate studios working on Assassin's Creed at one time so I they didn't can get know them out that. yearly or bi-yearly now. But yeah, it was the same thing because I think it's uh, Ubisoft Montreal, I want to say, did uh, Origins. I think they're now doing Valhalla. When someone else... I could be I could be getting those names wrong, but yeah, there's like multiple branches of Ubisoft working on Assassin's Creed at once. That's so weird to me. Well, it's, the same, it's probably the same thing for, like, Just Dance. They have, like, probably one team working only on Just Dance. Well, I mean, Just they're, Dance they're is like, a little different just because you just film a video and then white out someone's face. And then it sells a trillion copies to every nursing home in the world. 
Every Did, nursing home and five-year-old child. Isn't uh, isn't the next one not on the Wii U, but it's on the Wii? The last one was not on the Wii U, but it was on the Wii. It was the 2021, and they were like, all right, guys, we're not going to do any more Wii ones. Buy a Switch. Yeah, I, I love that, that that game was the last thing for the... And people were still buying it enough for them to do it. I, I think the reason for that is because how many families like just kind of kept a Wii? Like, it's not the gaming families, but they had it just, just to be there. People would be surprised at how many people actually seek out Wiis for their child's first console. Oh, yeah, like, the amount of times, like, I mean, both you and me worked at GameStop, and we could do horror stories of that later, but, yeah, the amount of, like, Wii stuff I sold was way more than I ever thought I would. Yeah. Like, I would assume, oh, Switch is out. No, people came in and go, hey, I want to buy a Wii, and I'm like, okay i actually sold a couple Wii U's for that because they were like oh, i want to get a wii and i was like well if you get a wii u play the same games you can also have an, more games some more just dance more mario whatever mm-hmm. but yeah like that's a, there was a lot of people going like you know five-year-old kid obviously obviously they they go to nintendo because it's the most family friendly one right which is ironic now because we got mortal kombat 11 and bayonet on there <laughs> but uh it was so interesting because the amount of people will be like, hey, I need new Wii remotes. I'm like, why? That's that's actually an interesting dichotomy that you brought up. It's, I think that's probably why I have so many games for it. The fact that I can play Yoshi's Crafted World and like 15 hentai games on the same system. Sony, like this is also be technically next gen, but Sony is apparently cracking down a lot of censorship stuff. Yeah, all those studios have been like, okay, well, if we can't put our porn here, we're gonna put it on the Switch. Well, the Switch and Xbox, apparently Galgun, that new one or the remake, mm-hmm. is not coming to PlayStation, but it is coming to Xbox and Switch. Man. And it's like, yeah, sure, here's a game where you can shoot a gun at girls and they'll show their panties. <laughs> So it's I, weird. I hate those games. They're just, it's like, it, it's fan service to the highest degree. They are, and they're super weird and niche. But the thing is, like, that's a whole player base in Japan. Oh, yeah. And Sony basically just gave Microsoft their foothold into the Japanese market by doing that. Well, like, that, and then, uh, I because Japanese, the way Japanese, uh, like, stuff works, like, they have a thing where like American companies can't just buy Japanese companies. Right. They have to at least like start small or whatever. Like I was reading a little bit into it, but you as as, a, as an American company, you can't just go to Japan and buy a huge Japanese company. Mm-hmm. You have to at least have started a company or have a small one in Japan that gets you in the door. Microsoft has that with with Ghostwire, the yeah. Tango GameWorks. That's a Japanese dev. Mm-hmm. So now they have a Japanese dev on their squad. So they're again. Phil Spencer's been really big on Japanese games. This whole you know Sony censorship thing, plus Phil Spencer's love for the Japanese gaming media. Mm-hmm. I could see them getting someone like Sega or Capcom or somebody, just because. Why not? Yeah. Like here's the Japanese media we want to get out. I mean, Fantasy Star Online was the was their thing pretty much. Uh, Streets of Rage went on Game Pass. That's probably one of the craziest reveals I've ever seen is the Fantasy Star reveal for Xbox. Yeah, especially that it said, oh yeah, only Xbox and PC. Yeah. It's like, oh yes, yeah, so all you Sony kids who played it back in the day, nah, 
You know that thing you've wanted for years and years? Well, you can have it, but you gotta buy us. That that gives me so excited for the future of Xbox. I feel like it's going to be... Sony is going to start off top dog. But Microsoft is going to slowly kind of inch their way to the top. Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, show that they're not screwing around. Because, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. Is Sony is going to come in with like you know guns blazing pushing the doors open like going all out so microsoft's gonna quietly kind of come in plant some seeds here and there and watch it grow and you're gonna see i, I feel like in a couple years you're gonna see a difference because you know in a couple years we're gonna have fable halo the next bethesda game mm-hmm. uh the next arcane game after death well i mean not a couple years but you're gonna have games that come out death loop and ghostwire will be on xbox now on game pass you're gonna get the new Tim Schafer title, maybe, but you're gonna get like games from all these studios, Ninja Theory's game, all of these games that are coming out. That's like, oh, Xbox kind of has something going, and they're, I think that's what I love about Xbox is they're letting their developers do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going, you got an idea, cool, make it. Whereas, what I can tell is Sony's got like, not not necessarily like a a, a strict rule, but it's like they're heavily involved in the development of those games but they're still great games like god of war is one of my favorite games yeah man i've been on my top five from last podcast but like still one of the best games i've played definitely better than red dead 2 joey (laughs) i think it's really interesting that you um brought up the idea of microsoft buying a big name japanese studio um there was that big tweet recently where someone had said name one memorable xbox character from the last four generations of consoles and everybody was like well master chief obviously but if they put in the money to buy something like capcom it goes from master chief and maybe marcus phoenix to like master chief mega man dante all these big name franchises ryu and ken yeah, Ryu and Ken. If Microsoft had an exclusivity thing with Street Fighter, the hardcore fighting game scene would go insane. Well, and also, that's the one that I think would be weird. I feel like if you did get Street Fighter, like if they bought Capcom, mm-hmm. Street Fighter would have to be on both. Because right now, it, it is exclusive to PC and uh, PlayStation. That I feel like at that point, it's actually stripping the player base and saying, you have to be here now. Whereas games like Devil May Cry and Resident Evil, that's all up in the air. Resident like, Evil for Microsoft would be huge. Well, it, it would make it to where, like, that's probably where I'd go for horror games. Yeah. Like, already, just right now, I mean, you know, you have the Medium coming out in December, which looks really interesting. You have Blair Witch on Game Pass right now. Resident Evil 7's on there. The like, VR version of Blair Witch is coming out pretty soon, too. Yes, yeah, to PC, right? Uh, PC and Quest. Oh, nice. So it'll be on the Oculus Store. I'm looking forward to playing that one. I dabbled in it. It's a, it's pretty decent from what I can you know, tell. That I didn't realize that game had come out. I didn't either. Like, I just saw it on Game Pass one day, and I was like, oh, well, well download. It, it's, from, it's from the same people who did the media, so it's their, it's mm. their game. But it, it was like, I remember seeing E3, the Blair Witch trailer, and going, okay, that's cool. And then, and then nothing. Nothing. And then all of a sudden, I look on Game Pass, and there it is. It's like, okay. Yeah, that's the same thing that happened with me, actually. Um, 
I feel like horror games, besides like Resident Evil, have really stagnated over the past like two to three years. And the only reason Resident Evil hasn't stagnated is because it changed back to horror yeah. from action. Yeah, which was the best decision they ever made as a company, in my opinion. Um, well, their whole problem was they tried to westernize everything. When yeah. The reason we liked their games was because it has that Japanese influence, even to like the really modern. Like, Resident Evil is none of those characters besides. Well, I don't know if Ada's Japanese or Chinese, but none of the characters are like Eastern Asian people. Mm-hmm. They're all like, like Raccoon City is like I want to say what like a New York City type place, and it's like, yeah. So Chris Redfield, you know, Jill Valentine, Leon, is it Kennedy? Kennedy. Yeah. All these characters are like the whitest people you'll ever meet. Yeah, but especially it's like, Leon. Yeah, but like it's that thing of like that was made by a Japanese team, and it was like an interest. They still stylized those characters, mm-hmm. and it made it interesting. Where then you play games like which RE Five is okay, but like RE Six was the big one where it's like ah okay then. Yeah, I think the big thing with earlier Resident Evil and current Resident Evil. Um, is that the characters are so unique that they can kind of fit into any demographic like across the world um not as like archetypes of a society like like a character like jill valentine is just fun to like you know see them go through the the game yeah no matter what because yeah like and the the character model is great the voice actress is great and then just like the reactions like they like they've, they're hiring talent like re2 and re3 are like the most realistic horror titles mm-hmm. just because of the environment and the way characters interact yeah it's it's really um telltale for the horror the horror genre to me um because most of the characters are just that memorable and i don't think a lot of other horror games besides maybe like evil within have really done anything like that where it's very character driven um because the whole point of horror is supposed to be just like ooh jump scare yeah but we know that doesn't work very well I don't know it worked for Five Nights at Freddy's but Five Nights at Freddy's fans I well they're a different breed they are a different breed they're either five year olds or furries or furries or five year old furries uh but we can't really say anything on the furry thing, seeing as how we have thousands of hours in Sonic AMVs between the two of us. We don't talk about that, all right? I feel like we're going to bring it up every podcast yeah. from now on. Our, our gross Sonic obsession from when we were younger. That's the new podcast, everybody. We're just going to bring everything back to early 2000s Sonic the Hedgehog fandom. Man... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to get off this topic, but there's one thing I need to say, and that is Shadow the Hedgehog was the coolest thing they ever did to my, like, 10-year-old mind. Yeah, that was... Uh, looking back, it's... Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's a, it, It's still, like... I have a copy for the GameCube, just chilling down there, because it's the one I didn't want to get rid of. I have two copies. Oh, fun. <laughs> is, please tell me one of them's sealed. No, oh, actually. <laughs> I don't know why I played both of them equally. <laughs> I, I 100%ed both of them. Because <laughs> I liked the game. On the same memory card. It is so baffling to me that like we were that into it. 
I don't know what it was. I actually don't know what it was. I want to say it was the music or like the, I hate, I hate being that kid, but the attitude that those games like had. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, it's something that I cannot go back to. Like I'll, I think I played Sonic Unleashed the other day cause I had it, I bought it on the 360. So it's on my Xbox one. Nice. And I was like, like, yeah, it's fun, but I was weirdly obsessed with this and I don't know why. I, I think the newer Sonic games don't have the personality of the GameCube era ones. Yeah, like Heroes, Adventure 1 and 2, and Shadow the Hedgehog. And Riders, actually. Riders I played a lot. Riders was fantastic. It was a weird one, but I liked it. It was really weird. Um, I always wanted to see them do more with like the Riders universe. And I recently... They killed it with the Kinect, so... Yeah, they, they killed it hard. Uh, but I recently bought the new IDW Sonic comics um, because Archie lost the publishing rights, I guess. So IDW was like, all right, let's just reboot this universe and make it good. Is it actually good? It's From what I've read so far, it's actually really good. But on the cover of one of the books, it's Sonic, Vector, and Blaze all riding air gear. And I'm like... How do we get to this point? <laughs> how many how many issues are there out for it? Or are uh, there volumes out yet? I think it's five issues of volume, and I've got like five volumes. They started it a couple years back now. Oh, okay. But even the original characters that they've made for it are way more memorable than anything Archie ever did. What was the most Archie did? Scourge? The oh, green, yeah, the Scourge. green guy with the, the biker jacket? Yeah. Like, I think that's the most they did. Are, are they for the for the new comics? Are they bringing characters like Sally and the rest of those, or is it just like the? No, it's just the original Sonic cast from the games and characters that they've created that I know of. Um, but the characters that they do create have really good designs, and from what I've heard, are really well written and aren't just there to be like that one skunk guy that tried to kill Sonic one time. I'm still not over the fact that there was like actual like stakes in those comics. It was like in Sonic games, it's like, oh no, the end of the world. And like the comics, like, no, here's an assassin who's out to kill Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, and they had to have those uh, DC-esque bloody fight scenes. And it's just like, I'm just watching Happy Tree Friends right now. Nah, dog, I, I, I love, like, that's the one thing. I think I have like one... Okay, it wasn't like a it wasn't a comic book or like a like the Archie ones, but it was like the classic Sonic ones. Mm. I think I showed you that before. It's where yeah. he turns into Metal Sonic. But like that was just like goofy comic books. Whereas I've seen some of the Archie ones. It's like straight up like Shadow and Sonic are a bloody mess yeah. in this like fight to the death. And I'm like, dude, there's this uh, there's this arc really early on where it's like Robotnik kills Sally. <laughs> it's like episode not episode but issue like 25 or 50 and before that it was just chili dog jokes and Steve Urkel memes and then it gets to this point and it's like Robotnik just kills somebody and then it's DC now <laughs> I just love that that was like Sonic got that dark I mean I, I can't be really wrong I mean Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was like dark comic before it became a kids show but yeah Apparently they killed a turtle recently in the comics. What? Yeah, one of the four. I don't know who it was, but I just saw a cover and it was, I saw, or I saw something and it was like the charred remains 
in the bones of one of the turtles. And I was like, excuse me? That's like disturbing. I don't like that for my childhood. Well, they, they had a they had a comic where it was like, apparently there was only one of them left alive. And you didn't know who it was because this one turtle was using like all of their moves. Mm. So he had a sword, could do nunchucks, whatever. So you're going, who is it? And I, I, I haven't read it, so I don't know the reveal, but... There was a lot of people going, oh, it's obviously got to be Donatello. Oh, no, it's Leo. No, it's, and like people were going, who, who is it? Who is this masked turtle? And why are they so vengeful? Like, it, was, it was dark. And I was like, that's kind of cool. I love that uh, things like Ninja Turtles and Batman have been going on for so long that you have complete opposite ends of the spectrum as far as content goes. Like, there's the Ninja Turtles... Nickelodeon show where it's like CG animated and then you have this is where my parents died Donatello you know from Batman you got oh it's got Adam West yeah. with, with with the the shark repellent and then, and then you go to like here's a second Robin who died who the Joker beat to beat to a bloody pulp with a crowbar and then blew him and his mother up and then he comes back to life as a murderous uh, vigilante who kills people with guns. Yeah, the Joker really went from uh, surfing contest to cutting his own face off. I still, th- I, I still love uh, Scott Snyder's. Uh, I almost said Zack Snyder, and I do not love his Joker because uh, <laughs> apparently that was his idea. Uh, but oh, no. uh, Scott Snyder's run of the comics until Super Heavy, when. Uh, Jim Gordon took over. I, I wasn't necessarily with that one. It was all right. Wasn't a fan, but Court of Owls to Endgame. Zero year was hit or miss, but Court of Owls, Death in the Family, or Death of the Family, and then uh, Endgame. Great. I think Court of Owls is actually my favorite Batman story. It's definitely up there for me because it's like so interesting and it's like it is a breakdown of who Bruce is yeah. and what Gotham is. But I love seeing the Joker just having his, like, cake and eating it, too. Because, like, yeah, literally, it's, like, death of the family was him going, you've gotten too soft because you got too many of these little buddies running around. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kill them all so it's back to just you and me. And it's it's so – I love it because, yeah, Joker realistically is, like, Batman's a strange, crazy ex yeah. who is so hell-bent on it's just him and Bats. That it's like it's so weird because like there is this weird twisted love the Joker has for Batman and the idea of Batman mm-hmm. that when he finds out who Batman is in most of the comics he doesn't care yeah because he's and he still calls him Batman like he never refers to, oh it's I know who you really are it's like no Batman let's go again and like let's fight and like he's so obsessed it's so good I, th- I think that's interesting too because a lot of the time that's how Bruce sees himself too mm-hmm. so it's. To me, it's always like they're just two sides of the same coin. It's it's been my favorite. That's my favorite thing about uh, the Arkham games. Like a uh, YouTuber by uh, his name is High Top Films. Mm-hmm. He did uh, two videos uh, where he he kind of went through Arkham Origins and Arkham Knight, and they, he broke them down as Arkham Origins being the best Batman story about the Joker mm-hmm. because it was how you pushed these two mythological creatures together and how it became the legendary like rivalry Mm -hmm. to the point where 
there's a scene in Origins that I think you've probably played. I think you played Origins, right? I did. I played yep. it on the Wii U. I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. Um, but Origins had the the moment where Joker is you know talking to Harley in mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum, and he and Harley is thinking she he's talking about her. Yeah. But he's talking about Batman, mm-hmm. like this this thing of like finding your other half and finally finding purpose. And Harley's eating it up like it's for her. But he's talking about Batman because he's finally found someone who's as crazy as he is that he knows it's like, if I can break him, he'll be just like me. And he's and that's his whole point is to prove that. Mm-hmm. And then in Arkham Knight, when Batman officially goes, I don't care about you anymore. And like Joker's fear of being forgotten. I don't want to play with you anymore. That was the creepiest part of Toy Story. Yeah. But like. It was so like art like that's why I love the Arkham games is because they do a great job of like showing you who Batman is and who the Joker is. Yeah, that's I think that's why they were so popular um, because of the visualization of that part of Batman. Um, and it makes me wonder if the next couple of games that they have slated, Suicide Squad and uh, Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. I keep want to say Arkham Knights because yeah right um but i don't think they're gonna hit that hard story wise because they won't have that dichotomy it's gonna be interesting because obviously from what i can tell gotham knights can be very similar like birth by sleep where each character has their own campaign you can run through and then you can have the other character pop in as either a cpu or another person Mm -hmm. apparently i think there's co-op yeah and um that's gonna be interesting and I, I like the Bat family don't get me wrong like Jason Todd's my favorite comic book character but yeah Ark- the Arkham series was so good because of Batman because of the Joker and then having Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill just give it the best they've got yeah. in all all three of those games and then even in uh, in Origins Troy Baker doing a phenomenal job as Joker he really did for the longest time playing that as a young teen i didn't know that they had changed the voice cast that's i think what the keys yeah like i i roger it was roger craig smith who i think has been Etsy was it Etsy? um no he's the one that does chris redfield right it's either it's either roger it's either chris redfield it's that's either matt mercer or him i think yeah because he does mirage chris redfield and now sonic yeah so i, I think he I want to say that was him as Batman. That's crazy. Which is, it shows how good of a voice actor he is. He, he has incredible range. He he killed it as young Bruce. Mm-hmm. And it's so good. I, yeah, I think that's kind of my biggest problem with, I think, Suicide Squad and Gotham Eyes is because, yeah, they're, they're not nearly going to be as well, like, well told as those. Because, like, once you make it multiplayer or co-op, you lose yeah. where a story can go because you have to make up for that. But, like, I'm still in... But yeah, I think the Arkham series is going to be like the best thing they've done. Um, on the subject of Batman games, uh, hearing you talk about the relationship that Joker and Batman have, like we have to play the Telltale games. You've told me about this, and I, I, I'm planning on doing it. Like You're going to be a part of it, because like, you love that game series so much, but... All I know about those games is that you can apparently sideline Joker and just romance Harley Quinn in front of him. Yeah. And you can I, cuck the Joker. I'm going to do that. 
Like, I'm sorry. Sorry. I don't know if what they call him in the game, like Jack. Is it Jack? It's uh, John Doe. Of course it is. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cuck the Joker because that's hilarious. <laughs> it's I hate playing those games, but I love them at the same time. And this goes for every Telltale game. But making a decision in those games just gives me so much anxiety. And you have a time limit. Yeah. You have that little like bar that goes down. You're like, you better make a choice, or we'll make it for you. <laughs> it's like and real life. <laughs> It's good though, because I the Telltale series obviously got recognized for it. Mm-hmm. It they you know they filled their own pool too much with clutter because it was like everywhere you looked was a new Telltale game of some sort. Yeah, but from what I can tell, the Batman games are really good. Uh, the Borderlands one was really well done, and the Walking Dead were like award winning. Yeah, I still need to play the last two episodes or two seasons of the Walking Dead, but the first two blew me away. Um, I'd never played a game on a console that was that decision-based mm. um, when I first played The Walking Dead. But um, if I remember correctly, they got bought out as a studio, and the licenses that they still have are Batman. Walking Dead, because they finished it. Walking Dead. Um, they don't have Minecraft anymore, I don't think. And then they have... Um, they still have Guardians, or is that was that a one-time thing? I think that was a one-off. Okay. Uh, but they're also still finishing The Wolf Among Us 2. I remember... Wasn't that on the Xbox panel, or the Xbox E3, or whatever? I think it was, yeah. Uh, I'm so excited for that. But I'm the only person I've ever met that's actually read Fables, the comics. So when they announced that game, I was like... <clears throat> I, I had read the first two volumes of the comics, like when they announced it, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is the most out of left field, just for me announcement I've ever seen." And then they blew it out of the park. It's it's one of those games that like I've heard so many good things about that I've started and just never finished just because time or whatever. Because yeah, like those games are interactive movies. Yeah. But and it's something that, again, if you want to get the most out of, you got to sit down and play through them. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something you can just like, oh, let me pause it real quick. Yeah. So you want to keep going because there's the decision. Oh, what about decisions here? What am I gonna make here? Because I I think the I played Tales of the Borderlands because I wanted to find out Borderlands stuff, mm-hmm. and I've played. I want to say Guardians. I think yeah, I played Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are the only only Telltale games I played. I still want to play Guardians. It's all right. Like, it's more I say comic accurate, but like it's more of the comic design type stuff. Like. Gamora is more in line of like kind of older comics instead of the movie version. Mm-hmm. Which is great, by the way. Yeah. But uh, anything you want to say? Because we've been going for about an hour and 15 minutes. So you want to end it or keep going? Um, I guess we should end it here. We got off topic like 45 minutes ago. So, I mean, hey, whatever. <laughs> it, this one is going to be just more like... Because we, we pretty much got it. It was just the future of gaming what we think about it and there's not a ton to go on until we actually get the consoles yeah which i hope uh i'm there early enough to get a ps5 i hope they have enough stock if we do we'll have a podcast episode or a video like talking about it maybe we should do an unboxing and like startup video i'd be down look at the U- like actually go through the ui put it in a disc like look at everything yeah actually go through the settings because no one else is doing that yeah yeah be down Guys, thanks for listening. Uh, I know we got off topic a lot, but uh, 
we kind of just want to make this podcast general interest, video game focused, but these days there are so many different things that influence the creation of video games that it's kind of hard not to talk about other media. Um, but I hope you guys have a great day. Um, we enjoyed making this and the plan for now, I think is to record an episode every Friday. Um, we don't know what the upload schedule will be like. Um, but just know that we do have content planned. Um, do you have anything you want to say before we go? Kind of the same thing. It's like, yeah, we like we're the current episode is like the first one we did is being edited down kind of and we're still working on like intros and whatever else we can figure out but yeah we have content planned i mean november is gonna be full of just video games with you know cyberpunk Assassin's Creed, the new consoles everything else um so we we have content planned i mean who knows our first let's play could even just be us screaming about how great devil may cry 5 is <laughs> we're but, just gonna play through the whole game with one continuous screen I I don't care what it is like it, we could play even play through like oh near like the space game like I'm just playing Virgil like that's the only reason I'm getting that game at this point yeah I mean that's a pretty common sentiment with every Devil May Cry at this point yeah wins Virgil <laughs> win Virgil um but yeah we good I think we're good all right have a great day guys bye.